Hello and welcome to Cartoon Overload, a weekly cartoon retrospective show hosted by myself, John Hayes, and the wacko to my yakko, Carl Jacobs. Wah! <laughs> Alright. <laughs> Joining us this week, we have our very special guest, Nick Tendo. Tell us a little bit about yourself, Nick. Hello everyone, Nick Tendo here, and I am an animation reviewer on YouTube. I talk about cartoons, do reviews and analysis videos, and you've probably seen them clogging up your recommended feed. He's great. But <laughs> always glad to see them in the recommended feed. It's not a upsetting clog. <laughs> well, thank you. I try. All right. Uh, what are we talking about today, Carl? We are talking about the 2002 release, Powerpuff Girls the Movie. Uh, I'm just going to jump right into like a few little factoids about it, if you will. Uh, it was released June 22nd, 2002. Which is, it looks like right smack dab in the middle of the original series uh, airing, which was from mm-hmm. 1998 to 2005. Uh, it was the first Cartoon Network movie to have a theatrical release, which I didn't know. But it was received very poorly from critics for being too dark, and it bombed in the box office. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, but go ahead. I was going to say, I know I've seen weird mixed reactions to it but i do think that this movie is a lot of fun and it's kind of interesting that they chose to do a full origin story right in the middle of like the running like this wasn't like they were doing a movie so that they could then launch the tv series or this wasn't they did the series big build up to an end they just kind of decided that they were gonna make a movie and that the movie just happened to be this is gonna be the origin of their biggest villain alongside with the main Powerpuff Girls, which yeah. interesting direction that they chose to take it in. Yeah, I've, I've seen some contention over the fact that every single episode of the Powerpuff Girls sets up the origin story in the intro. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't see much of a need for a full movie explaining all of that, but I'm going to go out and say that I love this movie, so yeah. there's that. We're going to get into that. I definitely <laughs> very much enjoy this movie. Um... Mm-hmm. I think, because you wouldn't think that you really need a origin story, but I feel like it does such a good job with the, I don't know. Yeah. I think we can get, we can get a little bit deeper. Do you want to, I'm just going to say one more little fact, because I think it plays a good role into like starting up the first conversation of it all. Mm -hmm. But according to Craig McCracken, who's the creator of Powerpuff Girls, uh, the executives gave him the freedom of creativity and went on to make it the way he wanted to. Then, new executives arrived who saw the completed film and said they want to make it a little bit more of a colorful film. He calls this conflict in style as one of the reasons for the film to flop at the box office. Hmm. That's interesting. I I I didn't know about that. Um... I, I knew that... I knew that Craig McCracken had been given a lot of, like, creative freedom with this. I didn't realize the second half of that story. I didn't know that there was, like new new bosses that came to town hating on him <laughs> uh did you feel like did either of you guys feel that there was like it felt i, I guess what he's trying to say is there was like it, it was going into two different directions at the same time and that mm-hmm. could have been a reason for it to not do well in the box office but me watching it i didn't have that feeling at all i thought it was like it's super like it came and told the story that it wanted to for for me at least yeah, totally. I don't feel that there was much conflicting um, tone. 
Yeah. Honestly, if you've seen the original series, this is just the the tone and style all kicked up to 11. It just yeah. definitely feels like a big grand extension of the series. 100%. Um, yeah, and I think that's the strongest point of this movie is that it does really stick with all of the good things about the series. Like, we already know why we love Powerpuff Girls, and this movie does all of that really well on top of having, like, a bit of a... Well, it gives it more of a runtime to tell more of a story. Exactly. We're... I can't... I'm kind of blanking on... Were the original Powerpuff Girls 11-minute or 22-minute full episodes? Oh, gosh. I'm actually not sure, to be No, honest. they did 11-minute episodes, but yeah, there were quite a few 22-minute episodes. It wasn't, mm-hmm. like, special. Sometimes they just had them... Uh, usually, yeah. usually when they did 22-minute episodes, it was just, here's a really, really long fight sequence. Yeah. Yeah, they just kind of got to have a little more fun with it and stretch their wings with it. But have, giving them a full hour to really have as much fun as they wanted really allows for a lot of, like, really big scenes in this movie. And there are there are huge fights, but they also just do get a lot more time to set up and have build-up for the payoff. Mm-hmm. Where it does still feel like it's... The storytelling in this doesn't feel like it couldn't be done in a normal Powerpuff Girls episode. Like, the plot of this movie, they could get done in a 22-minute sequence, probably. If they just, like, cut out a bunch of the scenes or shrunk them down or cut out a bunch of the dialogue. And they could more or less get the same story across. But just the way that they chose to do it with the full... What is it? Like, hour and ten? Yeah, it's yeah, hour it and like ten, which is... Or something. It's interesting because that's far below the typical 85 minute that a regular mm. animated feature would shoot for. So that kind of tells me that they decided to make it as long as they wanted to. That doesn't really uh, show of a lot of exec- executive meddling. Mm-hmm. Also because the movie's paced like pretty well. It's just a breezy hour you get in and out. Yeah, I think I think the pacing is extraordinary. I think it does such a good job at it's mm-hmm. pacing. I'm also looking at it. We were talking about the box office doing really bad. I mean, it its budget was 11 million and then it came, it brought in 16 million. So it wasn't like okay. it, it didn't go into <laughs> negatives. It didn't bomb for the studio, but I'm sure knowing that Powerpuff Girls was a big Cartoon Network property and the fact that this was Cartoon Network's first big uh theatrical release, they were probably expecting a much bigger payout with them kind of putting all their chips on the table like this. Definitely fair. I you think you do uh, have to you also have to take into account to when this movie came out. Um mm-hmm. there's a great video by my friend uh Jim Gisrael uh who did a whole thing about why the movie failed and it's um two main reasons I think. There might be a third, but it's primarily because um this movie came out Right around the time, there were huge hits. There was Men in Black 2 and Lilo and Stitch were also in theaters, also in the same demographic. And yeah. also, um, the trend of TV shows being adapted into movies for cartoons, which started with the Rugrats movie, uh, was on its way out. Um, I think Harold the movie came out like just a few weeks before, and that also flopped. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I Harold think I the remember- movie. Hey Arnold, the movie is also not very good, but that's besides the point. <laughs> you just wanted to throw that out there. I don't, I don't <laughs> like it. Like, the Jungle movie was so much better. <laughs> that's fair. 
I don't I don't know if I've seen they just made a new one, right? Is that what you were just talking yeah, about? Yeah, 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 the I, uh, TV movie they did. I definitely haven't seen the new one yet. I want to, but I remember mm. watching the old one back then and definitely yeah, not that didn't land for me. Uh I yeah, I remember watching I think it might have been a Rebel Taxi video on like the oversaturation of 2D animated shows turned to movies since Rugrats. It might not have been Rebel Taxi. No, no, he did a video on that. Did he? So, so yeah, I recommend it. Yeah, it's definitely check it out then. Uh, it's definitely more memorable than me not remembering if it was <laughs> him or not. Sorry about that. Uh, but yeah, I think I I could see why it did it did so poorly. But cr- I mean, critically, it has a 63 in Rotten Tomatoes, which isn't terrible. I think um, Rotten Tomatoes is. I mean, I've seen a lot of. 12 out of 100 movies that i enjoy <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. yeah it's not it's not like this movie is hated and totally panned i think that the big consensus i've seen from people is that they thought it was just kind of underwhelming which mm-hmm. i totally didn't get when i was watching it like i thought that it does what it needs to like really well i agree 100 percent. i think yeah. um i mean we could get do you want to just jump right into the movie itself then because like there's a lot of it that I really, really enjoy and I want to discuss. I think... Are we, would we be good with that? <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. just start from the beginning, I guess. Yeah, there's <laughs> one more thing One more thing I want to bring up. Sure. Which is oh, totally. um, something a lot of people cite about Craig McCracken's feelings on the movie. In a documentary he did for like the 10th anniversary on the DVD set, uh, he mentioned that he wishes that the movie was a little lighter and a little sillier. And he feels he's good about it, but he feels that he tried too hard to push it into a dark direction um, mm. because he saw the the drawback of all the merchandise that was coming out at the time, which was all girly, all droolery. Yeah. And he wanted yeah. to kind of, quote unquote, reclaim the mantle of the Powerpuff Girls or uh, I think he said the Whoop-Ass Girls, which is what he <laughs> the original name he had for it. Yeah. But that that kind of sticks with me. Um like he doesn't regret it, but it does kind of show that he wasn't he's not completely satisfied with it looking back. But I don't know what he's talking about. The movie's great. Yeah, I was about to say, like, <laughs> do, do you agree with that at all? Do you have any like any feelings like that? I understand where he's coming from, at least. Like I get that and you can kind of see that, like putting that in the context where he's thinking about it now, where it is him trying to be like, Oh, well, we wanna make a bit of a darker story to go with these characters to kind of have it to try and separate that bit of like the direction the brand was going but i also don't i don't think that it uh makes it worse because of that like i don't think that i would have liked this movie less if it was a little lighter i don't think this movie needed to be darker i think it's good where it is and that doesn't it doesn't feel wrong for the powerpuff girls but it also doesn't feel like it's uh, too safe. Yeah. No, there, there's certainly a moment or two where I'm taken aback by kind of where mm-hmm. they pushed it. Yeah. But it definitely, it just all feels like the show. It feels like an extension of the show, which yeah. I feel like any mo- any good a- adaptation of a TV show into a movie should feel like. It shouldn't have the same tone of the original, uh, original TV show. Mm-hmm. And I think I, I think that's the biggest thing this gets right. Yeah, one hundred percent. I agree. I think it's 
tonally so sound for me. I think it does such a good job at... It doesn't... People... I feel like dark is a weird word for it, because it's still kind of, mm. like... It's, like, lighthearted, and... It's still Powerpuff Girls. Like it's yeah. Not... It, it, like... If you've never watched this and you're hearing us talk, you'd probably think it, like... But it, it you probably think of something much darker than it actually is. It really isn't that dark. Um... That being said, like I, I mean, there's a lot of scenes where you're like, oh, there's a lot of people that just died. <laughs> so, so I get that. Um, and I think the only parts where it gets a little dark for like what the Powerpuff Girls is is when it gets to like the their like loneliness once the professor goes to like jail and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But. I don't really... I feel like it's not in and of itself such a dark movie. This is still yeah, a I movie think... about a talking ape who yeah. tries to take over the world. Yeah. Um, who wears a purple flowing cape. Exactly. But also, he tries to snap a man's neck. So, you know, there's that. Yeah. It's got that going for it. And I'd also um, like to point out he has a massive pink brain that's sticking out of his, out mm-hmm. of his head. <laughs> no, no, no. To, to comment about why I think the movie failed... Um, I think it kind of came with the fact that this was a Powerpuff Girls movie to begin with. And because it's so dark, who exactly was this made for? Um, I don't know. I guess yeah. Yeah. for a bunch of us nerds to talk about like 15 like, years later. Like literally, I, that's just kind of how I feel. This is kind of a movie for just animation nerds. One's willing mm-hmm. to, I guess at the time, to go out to, to theaters and with a bunch of like, um, bunch of grown men surrounded by little girls like this was this was about a decade or so removed from the brony phenomenon so you know it wasn't wasn't quite as accepted at the time Mm -hmm. um and you know (laughs) i definitely see that yeah i mean yeah no i i (laughs) thinking about it that way that makes perfect sense to me that Um, being said this movie is awesome you should check it out mm -hmm. yeah it's definitely like a and i don't think I don't think darkness is the right way to put it as much as weird. Like, I think I'm trying, I was trying to, in my head, figure out a good example of like a parallel. And it's like, if the original Powerpuff Girls is like the Adam West Batman, we're not saying that this is like the Dark Knight. It's like, like the Tim Burton Batman, where it's like, it's a little bit darker, but it's still got that like kooky charm to it. And it's still got a lot of the same, like, I think it has a little bit of, uh, but it's just like, it's just kind of weird. And sometimes you're like, oh, I wasn't expecting it to get suddenly dark. But then also, there's still a talking monkey. There's still like <laughs> it's still three little girls that were made because of science, and that's just kind of like it. Like, <laughs> like there is still so much of the fun lightheartedness that you would uh, attribute with those characters that it doesn't it doesn't shroud it or change them at all. Like it doesn't. There's no point when you're watching this where you're like, oh, I can't believe that they let the Powerpuff Girls do that. That's way too dark. As yeah. much as it's just like slightly shocking. Like you might not. Ex- be expecting for them to raise the stakes that much i yeah i agree i think um i think edgy might be a good word for it i think it's like there's points where it's like again there's a lot of there's probably a lot of humans that die in this movie (laughs) (laughs) which is something you know what i mean i don't remember this many humans dying in powerpuff girls we don't even get a joke where there's a bunch of people that get crushed and they're like we're okay which is how, no. like, a ton of cartoons <laughs> kind of sidestep like, that, that danger. There was, like, a point in time where 
there were these two people that were in like a just a top floor apartment in this in a skyscraper and this guy was like hitting on this girl and then all of a sudden a car that they accidentally hit into the air flies into them and then that's it like they just move on like those people are all dead the people in the car are probably also dead (laughs) yeah 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 no there's there's these shots where um in the city there's these waves of these cars getting pushed off of these uh getting pushed off the street and i'm like man man of steel's got nothing on this for collateral damage (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) yeah i mean i get that the point the whole point of that was like how powerful they really are and how like they have to be responsible with their powers <laughs> but they probably yeah, the could have learned that, that lesson collateral damage to yeah them have them learn the lesson that they can't create so much collateral damage yeah <laughs> but they probably could have like learned that lesson without killing hundreds upon hundreds of human beings <laughs> Were there right, any character? Wanna... Were there any characters that stuck out to you guys specifically in the movie that maybe like you enjoy them more in the show now that you saw their role in the movie? I can um, I, I can start if you want. Yeah, you can. I ahead. really like the professor in this movie. I think he does such a good. I I feel like his role as like a dad like is so good, and he really like doesn't know what to do with these girls, and he's such a mad scientist. I think it's really well executed, and I enjoyed all the times that he was a part of it. Mm-hmm. I like how they portray him as trying to do the right thing, but just yeah. completely, completely confused and dumbfounded about why any of this is happening. Um, <laughs> some moments that stick out to me are where he goes to the kindergarten teacher. Um, oh, what's her name? Ms. Keen. Yeah. Um, yes. Right after the, the girls are unrolled. And he's like, is everything okay? Because they're a little out of the ordinary. And she's like, oh, it's fine. And then there's the moment where um, the tag sequence starts and they start using her powers. And he just he just runs off. It's, it's brilliant. Um, he's, like, but, he's like, they're a little special. Yeah. <laughs> and she's yeah. like, oh, all the kids that come to the school are special. No. Uh, there's, um, <laughs> I, I really, sometimes in the show, he does play the stereotypical dad tropes. Um, yeah. being a little geeky and just, or just the, um, straight, like, um, I guess, well of knowledge to the girls helping solve a problem, mm-hmm. but they do a lot more with him. Uh, and he's doesn't, he's not quite an active participant in the story, but you do see how much he cares for the girls. Yeah. I, I think it did a good job at being an origin story, not just for them, but like for every single like a lot of the big characters because you get the professor you get them and you get mojo jojo all kind of in the one yeah overarching story there's a lot of there's a lot of great um little origins you see you see how the uh the powerpuff girls got their room all the how they put the windows onto the house which i think Mm. is a really (laughs) really nice touch Um, and a good a good gag too um they they play around with a lot of the the iconography you see in the series um there's this establishing shot of the city of townsville and there's there's all these um buildings like um they're very simple shapes um but some of them they actually climb up and have fight scenes on which i think is a really good Mm -hmm. touch there's this one with um 
that kind of looks like the uh, Seattle Space Needle. I think that's the yeah, name. yeah, 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 yeah. That about. they they run around and there's a giant explosion in the background and you see that from afar, but they actually fly up and have a little sequence up there, which I think is a good touch. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree 100. There's I wanna I wanna mention a couple of great cameos that I noticed when watching this movie uh, for the first mm-hmm. time. Well, for the first time here today. Um, yeah. There's okay. Um, there's a newspaper. Uh, that says creepy bug eye girls. It's only on screen maybe like once or twice for a couple seconds, but uh-huh. every single piece of text on that newspaper can actually be read. And oh, um, really? yes, yes. So That's there's so cool. like a there's like a letters column um, that is apparently answered by the producer of the movie, who <laughs> named in the credits, and it's like um, anonymous is uh, I think um, someone with the alias. N too deep is writing about how they have to complete a movie in less than six months instead of thirty six <laughs> weeks. Oh no! <laughs> and their response is to get out of the industry and uh, like move to Rhode Island or something. That's so that's so funny. Such a brilliant touch. There's also a um, a cameo by the gorillas in there, mm-hmm. and there's another sequence where you have a newsman sitting at a desk with a bunch of monitor screens behind him. And uh, Aqua Teen Hunger Force is just there, like on one <laughs> yeah. of the screens. Yeah, that one I definitely saw because that like, caught that. me off guard. I, I never noticed that before, but that's a really weird touch. I was looking at fun facts for, for the movie, and apparently there's a scene where, um, like, while the mayor is going through his whole thing of making his way to the, to the uh, pickle stand. Oh, um, yes. There's a man standing next to him that has all of the clothing that Johnny Bravo has. So I thought that was like a funny touch oh, okay. also. That's a good one. Yeah. And also, oh, one more thing about the newspapers is apparently they're all um, dated for June 22nd, 2002. So they all like, it's supposed oh, to be canon nice. to like the day that the movie actually came out. Mm-hmm. I thought it was, I thought the movie came out on July 3rd, which is the date I saw. On the, oh, was it? Yeah, yeah, that's the date on the newspapers, and I believe that's the date the movie came so out. So, yeah, maybe I'm completely wrong. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know, I don't the know. The fact is, I think, I believe that the fact is right, I think your date might just be off. Craig like McCracken Carl. is, like, listening right now, just screaming at me. He's like, no, yeah. it's not June 22nd. Yeah, thank you for listening, Craig. Yeah, wherever it, you it are. It was definitely, July 3rd is correct. <laughs> oh, that, that reminds me, elsewhere on the newspaper um, is Craig McCracken's Twitter handle, crack mccragan yeah he's 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 listed in like some interview with um as someone who suffered when the town was destroyed uh another good touch yeah that's so good the uh the gorillas one that's a really fun like wraparound to hear that they were a cameo in this movie and then in i guess it would have been 2018 they technically officially made one of the gangrene gang members part of the gorillas like, do, have you guys heard about this? Yeah, yeah, no. yeah. No, I did I did hear about this. Um, there's this whole stunt where the drummer yeah. for the Gorillas, which is an animated band, a uh, bunch yeah. of cartoon characters who make pretty good music, and mm-hmm. uh, their drummer was sent to jail in-universe, so they replaced him with Ace from the Gangrene Gang. Yep. So they just had on social media and in, like, I, it was... Was it only the one music video? I don't I don't know what they've done since that music video. Okay. Yeah. 
I think it I think it might have only been the one music video, but they just have instead of like the like I think Russell's the name of the drummer, instead of the normal drummer Russell being in the at the drum kit in the music video, it's just Ace from the Gangrene Gang who's just there. And this is like however many years after the Powerpuff Girls has gone off the air that they were just like, No yeah, we're just gonna put this fictional bad guy character into our band made up of fictional cartoon characters and it's such a weird like stunt that i like knowing that uh the gorillas and the powerpuff girls have had this weird relationship for like nearly 20 years now well don't forget don't forget about the powerpuff girls reboot still still airing new episodes okay yeah technically correct Mm -hmm. i'd I'd like to forget that it exists but yeah Yeah. That, that brings up a good... Because we were talking about the gangrene gang. So let me mm-hmm. segue us into the next thing. Uh, there's a lot of talk that the movie's story uh, helps give reasoning to why the girls seem to like pity Mojo Jojo uh, throughout mm-hmm. the TV series. While... like, And they just try to like show a little bit more remorse with him. But whenever they go up against the gangrene gang, they like show zero remorse and are never like mm-hmm. pitying them. And people look to this movie as, like, kind of a good reasoning for that. Because, I mean, there was a point in time where Mojo Jojo, like, you know, took them to the zoo. And maybe, like, he didn't have the right intentions. But, like, for them, <laughs> it was like a trip yeah. to the zoo, you know? Yeah, no, he also saves them from the Gangrene Gang in the first place. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, also, yeah. also yeah, yeah, to note on that is that when you first see the Gangrene Gang, actually, both times, um, at the very beginning of the movie and when the girls see them in the dark alley, um, they're... Mm-hmm way more menacing than they ever have been in the TV yeah. show. But that's what I noticed. Yeah, yeah. And um like like uh the leader Ace's greasy hair in the uh in the rain is just so so much more detailed and a little bit scary yeah. than it is mm-hmm. in the show. That's like that I guess that it is a little bit darker than I give it credit for. Yeah. Because like the gang green gang like that whole scene where they, like, jump the Powerpuff Girls is kind of, like... It really is a little bit scary. Like, I imagine... I can't imagine being a little kid watching that. Right. No, in concept, it's super ridiculous, especially if you know them from the show. But the way they mm. execute it with all the shadow work is fantastic. Can we can we talk about the uh, art direction and color design in this movie? Oh, sure. gosh. It oh, is it's gorgeous. beautiful. I, it's legendary to me. I, I really Every love... Every piece of... All of the backgrounds for every scene look incredible. And, like, all the characters, obviously, too. But there were so many times when, like... Like, before our recording session, I was just kind of, like, re-flipping through the movie again just to kind of, like, look at bits of it. Just because it was... It's so pretty. And all of, like, the cityscapes and when they're inside the buildings, all of the coloring and the designs for it look so iconically Powerpuff Girls. And it's so gorgeous. They redesigned pretty much every asset from the show for this film Mm -hmm. um all the character designs got a bit of a facelift um and they Mm -hmm. use that for the the last two seasons of the show um this introduces like a couple of kind of contentious design elements um Mm -hmm. for one thing the uh the eyes on some of the characters like the professor um instead of just being dots they're like rectangular slants in circles Um, I, I, I don't know if you know what I'm talking about, but if you look up an image, I, yeah, I get it. yeah, yeah, they're just kind of, they, they look a little off. I mean, I think it's a really cool design, but it's, I think it still works. Yeah, though. no, it still works. Um, the other thing is Mojo Jojo has a slight redesign. 
that's stuck. Yeah. Um, his jowl is um, more slim, and his ears are pointy, more elf-like. And I don't know, I prefer the original design, but for a movie where everything's trying to be sleeker, I think it works here. Not so much, mm-hmm. not so much when they used it in the show, but here, here it's pretty good. Um, I also like uh, everything has this this nice kind of brain texture for all the backgrounds, mm-hmm. which um, I don't know how well how high quality you saw this film in, but um, where I saw it, everything everything looks very gorgeous. There's also a lot of early two thousands uh, CGI integration. Which is obvious, yeah. it sticks out a little bit, but it's used kind of sparingly. Um, mm-hmm. I think they make the best use of it in some of the crowd shots, uh, where it's like panning through this giant crowd of all these oh, all yeah. these monkeys yeah, yeah. on the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, that looks fantastic. That whole that whole action sequence, all those sequences yeah. with all these um, all these different characters on screen, and all these all these. Um, chemical x infused monkeys with all these wacky abilities is fantastic yeah. mm. i love it all I, of the bits that they get out in that monkey scene are so funny yeah and they they call back to them uh all, pretty much all of them are covered when the girls go back to mm. defeat all those monkeys which is which is great just to touch upon not to like backtrack too much but the art specifically during like the raining scenes was so gorgeous to me. I don't know why, like, it struck me as so beautiful. I think the, it just felt like... it, Like, it felt like they had so much bigger of a budget for this movie mm. than they usually do in the TV show. I mean, it's pretty obvious, but I, I, they, I feel like they did such a good job at, like, making it feel a lot sleeker while keeping the same, like, feeling, you know, that mm-hmm. Powerpuff Girls has. But I, I specifically, like, whenever we're talking about the art and how gorgeous it is, like, my first two things that I think of are, like, the beautiful skylines that mm-hmm. were, like, during, while they were destroying everything. And then also, I really liked the rain sequences, like, when they got jumped by the gangrene gang and, like, when they were talking to Mojo Jojo in the box, specifically. Yeah. One thing that sticks out to me with the lighting are the highlights on the girl's eyes which always stick out in every scene. That's probably the thing your eyes will be drawn to the most. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And those those look um, those really help bring out a bit of color in some of the more dreary scenes. Um, let's talk about the asteroid scene, which is definitely the most somber part of the film. Oh man! Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Oh, it's and, and they're all like fighting and. Yeah, no, I could do without the bubbles crying at the beginning. <laughs> but it, um, it's, a, it's a little little hard on the ears. But other than that, it's oh, just yeah, a but... such a slow scene. And when it ramps up towards the end, um, after all the characters are done fighting, and you, you start to see the um, the monkey attacks in Townsville interspersed with everyone on land, it's just fantastically done. I agree. Yeah, I think that um, this is one of the points where it really benefits from having that longer runtime where it's if it were a 22 minute episode i don't know if they would really get to let these moments sit and this asteroid scene specifically that's a moment where they really do just kind of let it sit and let it like you kind of get to feel that like you mentioned that like slow burn of them just like really having to think about you know what it means for them to be heroes and like them coming to terms with wanting to go like back and save the town as it is this big chaotic 
monkey invasion going on back in Townsville. That that moment in an episode might have been done in a couple lines or had been cut down shorter, but I think they do a really good job in this of they know when they kind of need to hold their cards. Yeah, no, this definitely has the opportunity to be a lot more slow and methodical than the mm-hmm. show usually is. It has its its slower moments, but um, like one that comes to mind off the top of my head is the Powerpuff Girls' best rainy day ever, where the whole opening mm-hmm. is similar to the rain sequence in this movie, where it just kind of pans across all these characters and all these landscapes in the town, um, and it's just got, got this really slow and dreary tone. But yeah, I, like I said before, everything in this movie is kind of kicked up to 11. Yeah. And I, I also, for the asteroid scene, I want to give a shout out to the color direction and like art style for that. Because I don't know if you guys remember, but it's like super toned down, pretty much just like a grayscale for the color usage. Except like the only colors that they show is like even the more toned down color of each of like their colored eyes. You know what I mean? And it like makes it does such a good job at encapsulating like how dreary the scene really is. Yeah, it's good um, like visual storytelling with that. Exactly. I also love all the particles and the texture of the asteroid itself. It yes. mm-hmm. doesn't quite look two D or three D. It's a really like alien kind of blend of both, and it it looks. Yeah gorgeous that whole visually that scene you could watch it without audio and you get the same impact for sure i love it um i don't i'm trying to find a good transition to get back into talking about the weird monkeys because we just talked about let's do that and beautiful (laughs) the asteroid which is your favorite monkey what is your favorite monkey from that whole introduction sequence hachichacha yeah, I think I don't remember their names, but it's the one that he's just kind of like doing a little dance and singing, and his whole evil plan is just to eat a lot of bananas and leave the peels everywhere, so everyone's all falling down all the time. Yeah, I love his little his little vaudeville kind of performance. Yeah. That's like half. It's like fifteen seconds, but it's such so great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they hold that bit like a really long when they do do it. Mm-hmm. Like all the other monkeys, it's like they kind of give them one or two sentences where they're like i this is my name and i'm gonna do this this is my name and i'm gonna do this and then they just hold on this one dancing monkey yeah there's maybe for too long there's so many yeah the funny amount of too long there's so many fantastic puns in that sequence and another Mm -hmm. highlight is mojo's reaction to each one which is like even shorter it just gets shorter and shorter but he gets more (laughs) infuriated over time not having any control it's it's such Mm -hmm. a such a great escalates so so well yeah that was probably the peak for like we me and uh johnny had watched the movie together like we were just re-watching it together in preparation for this episode and we were like hysteric we were both just kind of hysterically laughing as each yeah. <laughs> as each uh monkey made their appearance immediately spirals out of control <laughs> yeah because i personally i adore the villains that aren't always great at being villains trope like we talked about this a little bit with Wait. uh Dr. Doofenshmirtz yes. when we talked about Phineas and Ferb like that kind of style and I love that Mojo Jojo goes through all of this like big arc of setting up being such a perfect villain and his plans like ready he's got all the monkeys there and then all of a sudden they start to revolt and just watching him be like oh no and immediately realize that everything is going wrong is such a good <laughs> payoff to that setup and having not only when they all start to revolt 
like jo Mojo Jojo's reaction being funny, but all of the ways that they're revolting being really funny and all of the designs being iconic. And like, I thought it was fantastic when there's the one is like the hive mind of monkeys where it's all like just the monkey in a barrel monkeys that all just yeah. like turn oh into a giant gosh. like chain of <laughs> like linking across the city. Yeah, no, mm. I love, I love how diverse, how many different kinds of species they have of monkeys. And yeah, for, totally. for Mojo Jojo himself, I feel like this movie is at an interesting point where this is probably the most successful and smartest of all of his schemes across the entire show. He get, he gets really close to succeeding. And some people have a problem with that. But part of the reason why he comes so close is because the girls trust him at the beginning. Mm -hmm. um, they don't know what to expect. So, yeah, totally. yeah I, I think that that kind of makes up for... Um, why he's he's so much more maniacal at the beginning um when he first talks to the girls he's not in his typical rambling speech pattern he's mm -hmm. he's very scholarly and um like well kept like this this there's the whole spiel that he goes off about um how he's a monster uh and how the whole world has mistreated him is kind of beautiful like it kind of yeah. it caught me off guard um about like how well written it was Mm, that's very good and they uh i think that that i i kind of can't believe that people don't like that because i think it just adds to mojo jojo as a character like with the context of him getting so close to succeeding with his first plan in this Yet one so far and then yeah and then in the show when it's he gets like he just can't even get back to that first attempt again i think that that just makes it even better of just that like bit of a tragic ridiculous villain that he is i think that totally adds to his whole appeal for me at least if also, i if i do ahead. have to kind of complain about that just a tiny bit i would mm -hmm. kind of liked him to have more of like a silly like reaction to being defeated because that's that's yeah. one of the highlights of the whole show his curses mm -hmm. catchphrase is fantastic they oh, made man. they made like a whole episode which is just him complaining about yeah. um, being defeated, the, just a, just another manic mojo, which is one of my favorites. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't know, like they could have. I, I feel like you see enough of variety from him uh, at yeah. this point, especially with how he's a little one note. I guess not. Not that that's a bad thing. He's he's still like a fantastically funny character, but he they should they really get a lot of emotion out of him, and his his yeah, plan is also like really interesting. Um, I, I like the whole sequence where they show how the girls are building his laboratory and they go all across the world getting all these different um, bits and pieces uh, to prop uh, prop his lair on top of the volcano, which is weird. I don't know why they never took down an active volcano in the middle of the city, but yeah, yeah no, we'll just, <laughs> we just won't question. Yeah, no, there's like a flashback <laughs> episode where Mojo Jojo goes back in time to try to drop the professor into the the volcano and it's mm -hmm. weird there and it's still weird here but it's it's cool <laughs> so i won't argue about it yeah yeah um can we also talk about a design choice by having them put the um like the capitol building the top of the capitol building on his head where his brain is oh, whenever he turns yeah. into like the, the mega version of himself or whatever mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's so funny to me i i just like I don't know. It really, this movie specifically reminds me a lot of last week we did uh, our episode on uh, 
Underfist, on Underfist which is like the Billy and Mandy, Mandy movie. Spinoff movie thing. And I feel like they both do such a good job, for me at least, of making a movie where it's just a larger scale version of the show. Maybe it feels a little bit different tonally, but in my opinion, I feel like they both do such a good job at encapsulating everything I really, really like about Powerpuff Girls mm -hmm. and for Underfist's uh, Billy and Mandy and like just kind of expanding upon it like in my opinion the powerpuff girls is one over for me in like just how good its writing is and how iconic its villains are and just like uh, yeah just specifically the writing in general i think is so good in powerpuff girls mm -hmm. and i think that's not like an exception in the movie yeah i think they do superheroes and superhero tropes really well in this like, coming from someone that, as a kid, I, like, like, I've been reading comic books as long as I can remember, and I've just, like, loved the superhero genre, and the Powerpuff Girls does such a good job at being kind of a sat, well, yeah, a satire, because the whole point is that it's, like, oh, it's three, yeah, like, six-year-old girls or whatever it is beating all these giant monsters and stuff, but it still doesn't, at any point, take away from it just being, like, a well-done superhero story and i think that that the movie encapsulates that really well where it isn't it isn't so much of a leaning into the side where it is oh it's kind of a bit of a parody on like oh wouldn't it be weird if there was a superhero show that was all about like the whole point of mojo jojo being like an ape that's going to recruit other apes that are like super genius that's like that's something that could be in and kind of is in other like comic book franchises and stuff they would just handle it slightly differently and i think powerpuff girls does that so well where they still take good comic book concepts and villains and settings and stuff but just like tweak it a little bit where it's just got that charm that the show has that makes it so infectiously fun to watch yeah no um i feel like if you're not a fan of the powerpuff girls you won't have as strong an opinion of this movie as i do or any of us mm -hmm. do like, yeah. I, f I feel like the whole intro sequence, um, if you don't enjoy that, you won't like the rest of the movie because it's yeah. it's so stylized. It's so weird. Um, like the whole the whole opening with the narrator kind of riffing on the Big Lebowski when introducing mm -hmm. the professor and yeah. like the stupid pun um, he makes. What is it? Um, I profess, sir. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. rhyming that with professor. I, I couldn't believe it when I heard yeah. that. Yeah, <laughs> it's like this is real. <laughs> but no, no, that that whole opening is fantastic. The music. Oh, we didn't talk about the music yet. Oh man, the score is so fantastic, and the way it's yeah. uh, the way it, it's edited with the rest of the movie. Um, I love how it has the same composer as the show, and um, mm -hmm. one of my favorite uh things with music and animation is when you and you can I'm not not to like brag or anything but this is something I try to do with my videos as much as possible yeah totally. um like mm -hmm. in intros and whatever is syncing up the music with the yeah. clips like that is the yeah. most satisfying thing it's such a simple thing every single but time. all the mm -hmm. all the hits um all the all the different shots um whenever it like goes from one girl to another and you, you hear their specific like music cues um, mm -hmm. that's something that's carried all over that from the show. So well. Yes. But yeah, no, it just goes, goes so far with all these big, like semi -or orchestral sounding themes. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I don't know if they brought an orchestra in, but they definitely, there's a lot, 
a lot more care put into the tracks. Um, mm-hmm. Some of my favorites, the intro is very excellent. Um, mm-hmm. And the the uh, scene where the girls are making the house with the professor has this really like soothing, um, yeah. soothing music. I don't know what the instruments was. It's like all all synthesized, but it's yeah, I very good. Tell you offhand, but it is very. It gets that very wholesome nature across, and it builds that. It does a good job of uh, building the relationship between the professor and the Powerpuff Girls where it does feel very calm and loving and it's like oh they are still like it's this like working together as a team building up the house kind of really good vibe puts you in a super good mood for the start of the movie yeah the movie one thing that is interesting is that um the whole beginning of the movie is kind of paced like an episode of the show like by the time they get to the school you're at the 11 minute mark um mm-hmm. like they they kind of they don't really rush through it but they take it at a pace which is normal for kind of what the show is used to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They do it, uh, Yeah, they do try to sorry. they do try to stretch out um some some uh set pieces. Not that that's a bad thing, but the the tag mm-hmm. sequence definitely goes on yeah. for that yeah. goes on for quite that a would bit. Be my gripe. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There there are some really, really cool things they do um thematically in the, that scene. There's this bouncing ball that comes uh back and forth in a couple of shots um of the city that just bounces off the professor's car. But by the end of the scene, you don't you don't see that little bouncing ball, you see the giant olive spear that they knock off mm. of the building that starts rolling around the town, <laughs> which also just kinda symbolizes how much um they're all the havoc they've caused has escalated and it is a beautiful scene but actually i do i do think it probably could have been shorter it could have been a yeah. lot shorter and maybe like included less human deaths again as we <laughs> <to> that. <laughs> yeah i i do think that um i don't know if this is going off on a tangent but the the big superhero movie trope which has become a bigger thing in recent years which is like the half hour yeah. final battle that yeah. it takes off a huge chunk of the movie. I feel like it's all all spent really well here. Um, yeah, I was about to say. I I hope that's not like a gripe or anything because I I really thought that they made good use of the fi- final battle. I feel like it wasn't mm-hmm. it wasn't like dragged out. I just think there was so much going on. Oh no no, <laughs> they, well enough and there's enough there that yeah. Like I mentioned before, they pay off all the monkeys they set up like mm-hmm. ten minutes yes. earlier. And the whole sequence with Mojo, where they they find they find him and the professor, and then he transforms to do a uh, a King Kong kind of homage, which is clever. Yeah, there's sure. a there's a lot of good references in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, outside of the the cameos we referenced, there's the the Planet of the Apes references, where yeah, he meant totally. he's he's gonna be um, king of the Planet of the Apes, and Buttercups, get your hands off him, you dang dirty ape. Which is, yeah. they're both good. And the latter is used to, like, emphasize a turning point where the girls start beating up all the monkeys, which is mm. pretty funny. Um, it's really good, yeah. The talking dog is also there, which is good. That's a that's a good twist oh, yes. if you haven't seen the show um, with him. I'm trying to think of, like, any other... There was another reference. I just can't remember what it was. Mm-hmm. We were talking about it earlier, weren't we? Big Lebowski? We were. At the beginning? Um, well, we, yeah, no, but there was one more. There had to be one more, right? 
It definitely was. I can't offhand think about it. I do have another thing with the like the payoffs of the monkeys. Okay. I think um another fun way where they do pay off the monkeys is it's not just you see each of those monkeys like being normally beat up by the Powerpuff Girls. They have like interesting ways that they'll defeat specific like uh species because each of them like they kind of have their own style of like how they plan to take over or whatever and like uh a good example of the what i'm trying to say is there's a point where in that scene of the powerpuff girls coming back and fighting off all the monkeys that are taking over the city you see bubbles like skipping rope with all of the barrel of monkeys like chained together so like that's her way of beating up those monkeys is that she turned them into a jump rope and is like skipping <laughs> rope with them and it's like an in- it's a fun little visual gag that they don't spend too much time on as much as it's like a pan shot as they're going across the city showing them each beating up a bunch of the monkeys and that just happens to be one of them that that was a really good little visual gag that got me where they have interesting resolutions to it not just like like it would have been really easy for them to just have a bunch of the shots where they do just have them you know where they would have some of the shots are they just punch a monkey yeah and that's kind of it no, they, they, they do bu- show those designs. They build up to just the whole sequence where they punch monkeys. But it also mm. would have been easy for them to um, take one monkey and just throw them into each other. Yeah, totally. But they definitely went with yeah, all yeah. the all the unique stuff. They don't really use monkeys mm-hmm. to beat up beat up each other. They they all get their moment to shine. Exactly. Yeah, sure. <laughs> they get their own moment to get humiliated in front of the 11 million worth of box office. <laughs> that watched the movie. <laughs> yeah, I um, there another little good joke that just made me lose my mind while we were watching is as they're beating them up. When it's the the one that I said was my favorite, where he's just doing his little dance, they cut back to him, and it's just him doing the dance, really nervously eating a banana. <laughs> yes. He like looks over as one of them just comes in and like. <laughs> was that the one that we were dying at? Yeah. I was trying to like look back to remember which one specifically I loved. It had to be that one though, because that's yeah, just I think so that was priceless. And the music isn't even playing when they cut back to him while they're fighting all the monkeys. Like, it's not like they cut back to him and he's still singing his song. He's just dancing and singing to <laughs> yeah, him, right. really nervously eating more bananas, just trying to spread <laughs> more peels on the street. Like, <laughs> Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. I did think of another reference. It's kind of subtle, and I think it's something they did in the show before. But when mm. there's a point where the girls are uh, all flying around Mojo, the giant Mojo, trying to beat him up. And Bubble shoots lasers out of her eyes, like an X-Wing would in Star Wars. They play the, the same sound effect, too. Oh, yeah. yes. Yeah, I, don't, I don't know sure. if that's the one you were thinking of, but I know there's some episodes where they did the simple, mm. a similar kind of, like... Um, oh, the whole one with the boogeyman, where the uh, their yeah. giant disco ball that they try to mm. use is, like, just basically the Death Star. Um, yeah. Similar to that. There really, there really also, aren't too many, like, specific callbacks well, to the show, besides just iconography but mm-hmm. there was an obvious reference maybe I, this i don't think th- i don't i don't think i'm ever gonna guess the one that i was thinking of earlier <laughs> so i'm just gonna forget about it but there was this other one it was pretty obvious where mojo jojo grabs one of the three girls and then climbs up a tower as he's in like the mega form of him with the chemical yeah. x mm-hmm. and it's like obviously king kong you know what i mean yeah yeah but i i think it has i feel like just the main like thing to get out of this movie is it feels like such a passion project to me like it really feels like craig mccracken 
just kind of did what he wanted with it. Mm -hmm. That's why I don't understand the corporate meddling thing, because the whole movie is so weird. And yeah, I can see why it it flopped and might not have like appealed to one person, but it appeals to me and I think it's awesome. So yeah, so that's all that matters. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to be self-centered like that. No, for sure. Um, I think, I think it's it's almost kind of disappointing to me that the what you were saying about him wishing it was a little bit more lighthearted. I think that must be from a standpoint, like an economical standpoint, right? Like I maybe like in hindsight to make it more successful than it was, because I I can't imagine making this movie and then looking back at it and then wanting it to be. Like, saying that it should be more lighthearted would change the entire movie, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. Like, it would be a completely different movie, then. Yeah, there are there is one thing that I didn't mention before, but during that interview with him, uh, in that same documentary, he does mention, when capping off his, um, his thoughts on the movie, that he's satisfied that it has a fresh rating on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> and you know, like he, I don't know how seriously filmmakers take Rotten Tomatoes. I don't, I don't take it very seriously. Like it's, no. it's all on a curve, um, all their their systems. But that is a good takeaway. And I think, I think there is a DVD commentary um, for this film where he talks positively of it. Oh yeah, yeah. I'd be interested to see that. Yeah, no, I, 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 I randomly it. found like a rip of the movie online. And I threw it into Adobe Premiere to just play around with it. And I'm like, oh, it has the commentary track on it. Oh. <laughs> I don't um, I don't really know what, el- what else. Like, what have we not touched upon yet? Is uh, there any, I made is notes. There any, like... I'm trying to think. <laughs> I don't know. Um, this is one stupid thing I wrote down that kind of bugs me. <laughs> um, at the beginning, where the girls are created... And you see everything cuts to black and you see the, the logo appear on screen. The logo just says yeah. the Powerpuff Girls. It doesn't say the Powerpuff Girls movie. Oh, that's weird. Yeah. Like they have they have they made like a specific logo that they redesigned the original logo just for the movie, but it just mm-hmm. says the Powerpuff Girls. There's no movie. I don't know oh, if that was a late strange. change, but it's always caught mm-hmm. me off guard. So it seems to me that they crammed it. Is that like wrong? Yeah, it feels like they they spent they like had to hurry with the production of it all done. Yeah, well, yeah, going back to the the Easter egg I found about the person yeah. being worried about the production of the movie, mm. there was like one other I'm trying to remember, but there's like one cut or something. Oh yeah, okay, okay. There's this one cut that feels like they they accidentally they just like composed the music and then they like edited the film around it a bit. That felt really off. Oh, yeah. There's this one part where um, one of the girls tips over a tank. And as it's being tipped over, you there's like a sloppy freeze frame. And you hear the dot, dot, da 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 And mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. then it just goes back to normal. And it just feels kind of out of place. Like the show wouldn't yeah. normally do freeze frames. It would like show the... It would just cut straight to the impact. Yeah. yeah. That's... That's a astute observation yeah i don't know <laughs> i definitely didn't make i i, I don't uh, know it just it looked like kind of low quality so it's like someone took a screen cap like in the middle <laughs> like it wasn't planned um looking back yeah. i actually remember that yeah i don't know why like i definitely didn't note it back like watching through it 
Yeah, th- um, these are both nitpicks. I have like no major problems with the movie, other than sure. other than like I would have liked to see what it would be like if it was lighthearted. Like I don't want it, yeah. but it would have been interesting. I do want to give it some credit that Powerpuff Girls as a TV show. One of the my favorite parts about it is how iconic they make every single one of their villains, mm-hmm. and they mm-hmm. did a good job at not splitting up their time with too many villains like they it was kind of just powerpuff girls and then mojo jojo and they had the gangrene uh gang but like there's so many others that they could have like thrown in that they didn't and i respect that yeah because like i could picture like you think of a powerpuff girls movie and you're like oh we have to include include like him and like uh you know like a bunch of different come to mind so i think it's it, it it did a good it made it gave it room to have an actual story arc that felt clean mm-hmm. yeah they didn't need to uh blow it up too much with like trying to fit as much as possible powerpuff girls related they were just kind of like here's a story that we want to tell about yeah. the powerpuff girls that is just a little too big for us to do exactly in a 22 minute format so we want to like really be able to flex our muscles and put it on the big screen and really put it out there and exactly i don't think that that uh takes away from it at all like i don't think that it being a longer movie takes away from like the style of storytelling that they use with the show i I, that's such a it it, that's like pretty much what i was trying to say with um Mm. with saying oh gosh i just blanked um (laughs) when did i say that we were talking about Oh my gosh, I just had like the biggest brain fart. What? No, what? Were, what did exactly <laughs> did you just say that maybe it'll spark it, was, it back up? That. Oh man, that the way that they. Uh, <laughs> Jesus, now I'm doing it. You got me. <laughs> oh jeez, <laughs> this is terrible content. I'm so sorry. <laughs> we love the movie. What this is wrong so with fun. me? <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. What I was saying was again, like it does feel like such a. It feels like they were like, oh, instead, let's just make a, you know, hour and ten minute long episode and make mm-hmm. it feel like give it more money, like spend more money on it. But in like make it feel like an hour and ten minute long episode that feels like just a crisper, better version mm-hmm. of what the show can offer. I, I think um, the same with Underfist, where Underfist was like a story that kind of couldn't have been told in the layout of a episode of Billy and Mandy in the same way that this, like, again, there's so many scenes that you couldn't just take out the asteroid scene where they were having mm-hmm. their like lowest point, or maybe like you can't take out the rainy scene where they confront Mojo Jojo for the first time. And any, I feel like the pacing was done so well that like, if you take any part out or like speed up any part, it wouldn't have, landed as hard so i think yeah i think um an origin story like this was executed so perfectly by making Mm -hmm. it a movie there are a couple of deleted scenes from this film that i think were on the dvd i don't know i can't think of all of them off off the top of my head but i believe they're all like really short maybe just like left on the cutting room floor not probably because the film Mm -hmm. was running too long but probably because it just didn't gel with uh everything else yeah but yeah, no, everything imagine. everything is so thematically concise in this film, and yeah. it just kind of runs with this 
the the just crazy take on the Powerpuff Girls. Like it's not unusual from what you expect from the series, but it's a it's just a great kind of different. And I'm sad that I didn't get the opportunity to see it in theaters because this is this is such a great like movie to just crank up the crank up the volume, just watch it on a big yeah. TV, soak in all the detail. Um, and I can't like that must have looked so gorgeous. Yeah, yeah. Like you know, I probably I guess I'm glad that I didn't see it in theaters because I was four years old, <laughs> <laughs> so I don't think I would have gotten as much out of it. Um, but I, God, I I wish I want to imagine maybe like there's a world where you know Cartoon Network does another screening of it for whatever reason. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That it wasn't was so well my the thing first time. As I was watching this, was that. I think that now would be... I say this, but also then we just got the new version of the Powerpuff Girls. But, like, I think now, thematically, with what the Powerpuff Girls do as, like, a superhero story, that it would be a good time to have this, like, fresh, different version of what superheroes could be. And I think that exactly if if you got a team that could make a movie as good as this movie, I would 100% be there to see a Powerpuff Girls movie you know especially in 2019 or 2020 or whatever exactly especially in a world where like people are really craving like a super strong female lead you know what i mean yeah just keep I, it i feel like what's up oh i would just say keep it animated because <laughs> yeah <laughs> don't don't do that live action yeah, yeah, yeah. cgi hybrid please don't do that <laughs> oh yeah. my god this franchise needs to stay in animation because mm-hmm. that that's what it was all it's always just it's been a big like tribute to all, all kinds of anime and uh, old Hanna-Barbera mm-hmm. and UPA stuff. So please keep it like that. Yeah. yeah and keep that's... it 2D animated. Yeah. Just for the record. Yeah, no, I've been, I've yeah. always thought that if I was going to reboot the Powerpuff Girls, um, there's literally two things I would change. Um, I wouldn't change the style or tone. I would just start doing like story arcs, try to like explore the characters mm-hmm. a bit more, but not like the reboot does where it just kind of yeah. flanderizes the characters and then builds off of them um and i would also try to go for kind of the style of rise of the teenage mutant ninja turtles which is um like this really high quality animation but it's kind Mm -hmm. of like a little fidgety and rough around the edges but in a good way like there's some just fantastic action it gets out of that and that's Mm -hmm. that's kind of what the original show was like not this movie if you go back to like the first couple seasons they were like um their their budget wasn't really that high. Like every single time you saw the city or saw the townspeople, it always looked different. Um, and they were just kind of it was always rough around the edges. But it gave it yeah. had it had like a really really great style to it. So I'd like to see that captured with a bigger budget. Um, and I don't know, just more time to do the animation. I could see, I could see a world where they make a gorgeous two D animated. Powerpuff Girls movie, and maybe it lands something like Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. Yeah, thing. no, I was getting, so like, I was getting Spider-Verse vibes um, from this. Exactly. I know, I remember looking it up. I think the production designer for Spider-Verse, Justin K. Thompson, I think that's his name. Um, he he worked on this movie. That was that's one of his um, oh, yeah. one of his first jobs. And I don't know, I don't really see. Even yeah, no, no, I'm I'm not I'm not too surprised, but. Um, he also worked on Claudia with a Chance of Meatballs, and you can definitely see okay. um, that kind of bringing the that early 2000s style of animation, um, mm-hmm. which you know um, <laughs> a lot of a lot of great shows <laughs> worked on, um, like Clone High. 
<laughs> yeah. Man, don't I don't even get high. Johnny started. Oh, don't don't get me yeah, started I, on Clone High. You you, you want to know what what I did today? You know what you want to know what yeah, I did today? I sat at home and wait for what uh, waited for my copy of Clone High, the complete series, to come on DVD. I bought through eBay for thirty bucks. Thirty <laughs> bucks? Yeah, That's I got it for only thirty bucks. Yeah, link me. Yeah, no, there's there's <laughs> another listing that was also for thirty bucks, but they've been going fast. So if, I, if it's still oh up, I'll send it to you. Yo. Just as a anybody anybody a listening show. anybody listening that wants to guest on this podcast, just come to Johnny and tell him that you want to do an episode on Clone High. Yeah, I, I was are real good. I, I was I was thinking about doing an episode on uh, suggesting mm. we do Clone High, but I like I'm like I want to do a video on Clone High really badly. So, yeah, okay. <laughs> so I'm excited for that then. Yeah. Um. Yeah. You wanna, very excited for that. You want to like move into, I, oh man, I feel like. We usually end it with, do we recommend this movie? And uh, I feel like that's another obvious yes for all three of us. I don't mm-hmm. think, I don't want to speak for everybody, but. It um, is. <laughs> <laughs> but how about we do that same one that we did with Underfist, where it's like, would we recommend watching this even if you haven't watched the Powerpuff Girls show before? Hmm. That's a good question. Like, is this a bad place to start for Powerpuff Girls? Um, it is an origin story. I don't think it's the best place to start, but yeah. I think it's not a bad place to start. I don't think there's like, any think terrible it... place to start for Powerpuff Girls, right? I guess, <laughs> except yeah. for the twenty, or except for twenty sixteen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'd but say I'd say this that. is a this is a pretty decent way to get introdu- uh, introduced to mm-hmm. the show. I'd say that um, if you don't like this, maybe start watching the show and then ease into this. Mm-hmm. I think yeah, like uh, I don't think that uh, it's necessarily an origin story that like you're gonna be watching the show and wondering like oh how did these people get here because <laughs> like we mentioned earlier they more or less explain this movie in a couple lines at the start of every episode so this is a little bit more of a like you've watched the show you love the show you love all these characters and here's like extra information if you want to like build upon what you already like yeah Fair enough. I think um, I'd argue just just watch the show first because mm. I really enjoyed this movie as somebody... I don't even know if I've ever seen this movie. I must have a long time ago, but I didn't have mm. much memory of it. But now, like, I'm just going to pretend like this is my first viewing of it because like, I don't have any recollection of the storyline mm. at all. Yeah. And I'd say that I got so much more out of it as somebody that really, really enjoys this the show itself and has watched the show the entirety of it before Mm -hmm. i think i got a lot more out of it than i would have just watching the movie you know what i mean definitely yeah yeah i caught this on boomerang like four or five i think yeah definitely like five years ago when i was just getting into the series and um i've certainly gotten a lot lot more out of it I don't know. I'm I'm starting to get to a point where I've watched so many different cartoons for my YouTube channel that anything that is like really unique and also entertaining and just kind of runs with its own thing and isn't annoying while doing it. I just I just kind of eat all that eat all that up. And yeah, my my affinity for this movie has grown so much. I wouldn't I, I'm I don't really want to say it's my favorite thing to come out of the show, but the more and more I think about it, I, I just I just love it so much. 
Um, that's so yeah, fair, sure. though. Yeah. That's so fair to me. Yeah, yeah. No. I feel like every character that's in it shines so well. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, the, the whole reason why I wanted to do this is um, <laughs> about a month ago when I suggested what to do for this podcast... First of all, I'm sorry it took so long to finally get this to be recorded. <laughs> yeah, don't worry. But also, um, I was just finishing up a video, um, Powerpuff Girls related, on this weird episode, See Me, Feel Me, Know Me, and just kind of mm-hmm. running through clips of the movie for this um, to get like the gorillas references and stuff that we talked about before. Just reminded me, oh yeah, this movie like kicks so much ass, and I love it. So yeah, yeah. That's that's my final statement. Uh, check it out if you haven't already, especially if you already like Powerpuff Girls or just kind of yeah. like uh, '90s, 2000s Cartoon Network in general. One thousand percent. It's such a good encapsulation of '90s, 2000s Cartoon Network. Yeah, especially the the first first couple seconds that um that tag they have with all their all the Hanna Barbera and old Cartoon Network characters in the movie theater with their eyes oh blinking. My gosh. Such a such a really, really, like, sets the tone right then and there. I love mm-hmm. it. All right. Well, I guess that, that about wraps it up then, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think thank you much. so much for being on, Nick. Thank you. Tendo. Oh, no. This <laughs> I don't is, know if your this name is actually Nick. No, no. It is actually Nick. People ask sometimes, <laughs> okay. but no. No, it's Nick. <laughs> Oh my yeah, gosh. we definitely just rolled with calling you Nick the whole episode, and it wasn't until Carl hesitated there that I was like, what if his name isn't Nick in the suggest? <laughs> <laughs> but guys, yeah, if you um, haven't yet, I recommend thoroughly checking out Nick Tendo. He was somebody, mm-hmm. like, he was one of the first people that I thought of when we thought of making this podcast. Like, he was one of the people that I really wanted to mm-hmm, have sure. onto it. Like, we made, like, a... We had a Google Doc with, like, a general list of people that we wanted to at least invite and see what would happen. And it felt like a stretch, but, like, I definitely wrote Nick's name down because I mm-hmm. love his content. If you guys want, definitely check it out. Um, he just released... Do you have a specific video, Nick, that you would recommend people start with or one that you're really proud of that you think? Uh, really I'm going to give the one I give out every time. Um, well, I mean, if you mm-hmm. like this video and you've come all the way, uh, check out the Powerpuff Girls video I just did about definitely. See Me, Feel Me, Know Me. That one was really fun to do. That was, like, one I'd wanted to do, like, since I started the channel. But um, another one, <laughs> the one I recommend the most, is my uh, History and Legacy of Johnny Test retrospective. That was that was a labor of love um, and really paid <laughs> off. Um, I, got a, I got a similar video uh, coming up. Coming up in a... Probably be out by the time I do. Not on Johnny Test. Just did another one of those. But <laughs> it's, on, it's on another show I look back fondly in a similar light so uh I, check that out very interested yeah. i want to recommend i want to recommend um i really 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 enjoyed and it was, like i've i've watched nintendo a little bit before this but this is like where i you know had my notification bell clicked for him <laughs> <laughs> was uh he did a series he did like a seasons one to five retrospect on adventure time and then this like the the fall or the rise and fall of like six to ten seasons so he did like two separate episodes one was a retrospect on adventure time seasons one to five and then one was a retrospect on season six to ten i think they're both fantastic episodes i mean uh videos and you should definitely check those out too mm-hmm. thank you those are also fun to make i got <laughs> i have another if i'm gonna throw one in yeah. i gotta say the uh the physical media dvd the good and bad of cartoons I loved, I had so much fun watching that, and I just, physical media is so good, 
and I love box sets so much, and that's such a satisfying video to just see all of the different, like, like, you cover it exactly the way I want people to cover when they talk about box sets, where it's literally right down to, this is the art on the disc, this is what the menus look like, this is, it's such a satisfying, really good breakdown oh, of that. thank you! Yeah, that's another one. I, I like see a lot of appreciation for that and mm. which is weird because the whole reason why I wanted to do that was because I got a shelf in my basement that displayed yeah. all the DVDs like that week and I'm like you know mm. I kind of I don't want to do I was like in the middle of like a huge retrospective on Spider-Man at the time mm. and I'm like yeah. I don't really feel like editing part two this week I'm just gonna take yeah. some photos of my DVDs with my iPhone and make a video about it <laughs> And be like, look at how pretty yeah. they are. But look, like, look man, at all these are, things like... <laughs> I own that you probably don't. Yeah, exactly. Well, thank you. Thank you for letting me be a little self-indulgent at the end here. But it, honestly, <laughs> it was great welcome. talking to you guys. Um, I've been listening for the first couple of episodes because uh, awesome. Cosmo and Ellis Mark are both big, uh, big friends of mine. Fantastic human beings. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't know. I was a little hesitant uh, when you guys asked me like before you had started the podcast because of course, I get a yeah. lot of like, can you do a collab with me requests all yeah. the time? So I didn't, yeah. I didn't know what to expect going in. But you guys, you guys are both great people, and it was a pleasure talking to you. Thank you. That means a Thanks lot. Thanks so much. Hey, where can people find you on Twitter? Before I forget. Oh that? yeah, my Twitter <laughs> handle is um, at it's Nintendo. One word, no capitalized uh, letters, and uh, no apostrophe. It's just all one word beautiful yeah so and his youtube is nicktendo nick is in capitals yes there's another nicktendo do you want to talk about that for a second? um i'm not know. not gonna get in the drama about that but <laughs> 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 oh my gosh we saw because like i was looking up your channel today just to like pick out because I, we i like to have like a video to recommend for you thank you and mm -hmm. there was and the other Nintendo dropped a video today. Oh no! That was a little problematic. And yeah. I was like, "Oh gosh!" Yeah, we didn't watch it, but just we looked at the thumbnail, and I just, <laughs> I wasn't like fully reading which like Nintendo dropped it because I just like put Nintendo into the search bar again just to like real quick get to it. And I just when that was the top video result, I was like, "Oh man, I missed something." When did you change your content so <laughs> drastically? Like, <laughs> it's so funny. But yeah, Nintendo, it's all caps for Nick. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so check him out. Same for avatar sure. as on his uh, Twitter profile. Yep. We'll we'll make sure you know where to find Aww. it if you're listening. Thanks. Right now. Uh, yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm going to be linking it. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks again. Um, you can you can follow me on Twitter at Carl Jacobs underscore. Again, it's Carl with a K, because the letter C is pointless. And <laughs> Johnny Johnny is Johnny Hayes, but two H's and one N. So it's J-O-H-H-N-Y. H-A-Z-E. I make go. art. I tweet about things I like. I'm pretty sure my Twitter name right now still says that I'm talking about Muppets or thinking about Muppets, which is always true for both of those things. So if you like people being excited about robots and Muppets and cartoons... <laughs> I'm right there on Twitter. <laughs> I know I'm excited about all three of those things. Hell In that yeah, order. <laughs> <laughs> and if you uh, if you enjoyed this and for some reason don't already follow us on Twitter, it's at Tune Overload, T O O N O V E R L O A D, and then Tune Overload Show on Instagram. And if you want to email us um, pictures of Mojo Jojo's gross brain. 
You could do that at cartoonoverloadshow at gmail.com. And, uh, or if you just want to be a guest or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if but you have, like, actual, like, things related to the podcast or pictures of Mojo Jojo's brain or... We've asked for so much garbage to be sent to our email and we probably shouldn't have. <laughs> have you gotten any garbage? Like, <laughs> um, I don't know. Good I, question. Last week I definitely told people to send me as many Irwin-related things as they could. Nice. But I mean, more Irwin like, is always great. I'm a big fan. Big fan of Irwin Overload a couple weeks ago. Yeah. <laughs> we don't even have to get into that that was that was my magnum opus yeah i literally texted carl i was a little the, the me. Night, i was a little close to a little close to unfollowing there but you guys pulled through yeah. oh i risked it <laughs> that's totally fair i literally texted carl the night before and i was like dude i have an idea and he was like what what are we doing he's and like, I was like, what he's if like i've calculated it so that if i send out one tweet every 15 minutes i'll keep eight hours eight of content hours. <laughs> i was like you're a lunatic i hate you but yes do it <laughs> Oh, Did you check All how right. many followers you lost from Irwin Overload? We gained so many followers. <laughs> Irwin Overload is our most liked tweet we've ever <laughs> is the announcement of Irwin Overload. <laughs> Carl was so viscerally upset with me when we found that out. <laughs> it's because uh, I think Salty DK Dan is like one of the guys that pushed it so hard. Yeah, yeah. Like, no, he's yeah. a great friend of mine. Yeah, he thought it was so funny. He's fantastic. But yeah, uh, at some point it was LS Mark responded saying at salty dk dan finally a podcast for you right and then he quote tweeted it and then <laughs> that was like the first tweet that i put up about it and i remember just sending to carl salty quote tweeting it and i was like oh it's already gone out of my hands like, <laughs> I, <laughs> I totally thought this would be a joke that i make to the three people who are gonna see it and then two of those three people are gonna unfollow us <laughs> But, uh, yeah. But thank thanks for, for sticking through and not, and not unfollowing us. <laughs> You're welcome, guys. All right. Thank you. Yeah. We haven't yeah, thought of um, an outro yet, so Johnny, you take it now. Um, Mojo Jojo catchphrase words. Bye. Good job, guys. Bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>